right, everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Jordan J and Buddies podcast. We're back in the year 2021. Um, here with my my good buddy, of course, Will. Yeah, I'm still here, and even though we weren't here at all for January, <laughs> we're back again. So it took about a month off, and it felt I don't know. It wasn't good that well, we got to hang out a couple times, but yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we're trying for the fourth, I believe, time to do this TV shows episode. Yeah, we've we've talked about this a lot personally, and then we've also recorded this a few times, yeah. and every time we've just had a problem with it. It's and so some, this is us going again. Yeah, it was either like one mic wasn't working at one point, and then, oh, they were working, but it was a weird clicking sound, and then, oh, this one didn't record again. Yeah, so we're going again. <laughs> we'll so, finally get it done. So maybe maybe you guys will get to hear the, uh, the lost episode here finally. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about TV shows, um, basically contrasting them, the ones that went on too long and that didn't know how to end, and you know we're just bad or the ones that did it well the ones that ended they knew what they're gonna say they knew what they're gonna do and they ended properly and some in between and just kind of I guess talk about yeah, some TV shows shows, shows like. that ended well shows that did not end well or shows that have still not ended and will probably <laughs> not do it well and you know we'll cover all this kind of stuff yeah I think you know we're going with that and one. I think that the biggest most glaring thing when it comes to shows with bad finales I think the big one is how I met your mother oh yeah I think this is just it was huge because it was a big show for nine years and then the last two episodes just <laughs> decimate it. Yeah. Really. They reversed everything in that show in two episodes. That's amazing that somebody can do that. Because that show had the most avid avid fan base. Yeah. And then all of a sudden everybody turns on it. And what it, what it was was that they had the ending filmed like eight years earlier. And they were like, we know that Ted and Robin are going to end up together. They're, that Ted's going to meet the real mother. She's going to die. And then he's going to finish telling his kids the story that we've been watching for nine years. And they're going to say, but dad, that's actually the story of how you still love Aunt Robin. Ha ha. And then he goes and gets her back. Then that's all. If that's where they wanted to end it, then fine. But then they spent seven years slowly building up this relationship of her, of Robin and Barney having romance. And it actually like kind of made sense with the way that they wrote it. Yeah. And I was like, I was all for Barney and Robin <laughs> being together. I wanted that to work out very well. And then it didn't. And I yep. thought that was terrible. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like they had... At least they had the two like kind of stable characters through the whole thing. And they had like the rocky start with the uh, Marshall and Lily. Yeah. But then it, they're the stable characters, and then yeah, everything they do from there is undone. In like we said, the last few episodes, uh, you know, Barney burned the playbook. He got another one. He made another one. Yes. Um, they they were just like, oh well, we can't make our schedules work. It's we're just gonna break up. It's like my gosh, like how lazy is this writing? And it was it was rough because it was we also saw even if it wasn't for him marrying Robin, we saw Barney's character just evolving over the yeah. time. Anyway, he starts off as the playboy or whatever mm-hmm. at the beginning, and then over time we see that he grows past that need. Part part of it is motivation because he loves Robin, but another part of it is that he just knows that that's a that's a young man's thing and he doesn't want to be that person anymore. Yeah, and I think that's great. So him he burns the playbook out of like symbolically burning his child his childlike self, but also saying I'm going to burn this because I don't need it anymore. Yeah, I want Robin, but then no, they fall apart because he can't keep his hands off of other women, kind of, and also they can't coordinate their schedule. And it's yeah. like, hey, you knew that that's what she was doing when you married her. <laughs> That was well established and mm-hmm. has been for ten years. That she's a news reporter who travels. Yeah, and so I thought that was so absurd the way yeah. that they pushed them apart. Yeah, she loves her job. You knew that this whole time, and to, to just be like, "Oh well, no, never mind. 
I don't like that about you. It's like, come on. Yeah. So, uh, so, so the whole thing was just really frustrating. Yeah. You, you get to those, those those last moments in there and you're just like, oh. Because what it really was was they were like, they wrote themselves into a corner because they had the ending filmed for so long. So they're like, we need to still end with this. But I just don't think they should have. I think by the time they got to like season eight or nine, they're like, hey, we're taking the show in a completely different direction than that original ending. Let's just throw the ending away. Let's go, let's go somewhere else. Yeah. We, we, we've written ourselves into a thing where Barney and Robin have a very natural feeling relationship. Let's actually make it work. Yeah. And they didn't. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I was like, no. Or they could just shoehorn in the original ending to the point that there's an, an official alternate ending that is legitimately way better than the yeah. actual ending. Where it just kind of cuts off where it's like, that's how I met your mother. Yeah. So, she hey, doesn't die. Good. Barney and uh, Robin, I think they're implied that they might maybe broke up, but kind of reconciled. Yeah. And Robin doesn't end up with Ted. And I think it's just an all around better feel. Mm-hmm. It's life, but it's not meant to be just like, hey, let's decimate the series. <laughs> yeah. So. Man, in two episodes, that's crazy. But so shows that have done it really well, of course, one is Breaking Bad. If you, you know, kind of discount the, not discount, but take away the spinoff and the, the movie afterwards, that kind of completes Jesse's story. But it does a really good job of telling Walter White's story through the whole series, which is like five seasons. And it's great. Was yes. it five seasons? Yeah, yeah. Yes, five, five seasons. seasons. Okay. So, yeah, and I really love that show. I got to rewatch it again because I haven't seen it in a while. But I remember it's it's one of those ones that it's a story for the whole season. Like the whole, I mean, the whole series is one big story. Yeah, it branches off and has little bits, but it's it's just one big story. And that's what, it, what it's done really well. And then it establishes its characters has them grow and change and shift to what they need to be. And it's like, oh, that's that's good. That's what you want to see with characters like this. Because you see this very natural growth and development that makes logical sense. Yeah. You can follow Walter White's pathway into, like, craziness or evil or whatever you want to kind of call it. And it makes mm-hmm. sense how he got there. Yeah. You don't look at Walter White at the end and go, how did he get here? Like, you, it makes total sense yeah. for, for him doing what he did for his motivation and even him realizing at the end, I, that he didn't do it for his family. He did it for himself. You yeah. know, and it was like, man, that's so good. Like, it's, that is, it, it is such a well-written drama that's hard to compete with. Yeah. And it's, the it's ending a, is just perfect in a vacuum. Yeah, it's a great villain story. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember them uh, talking about it one time. Uh, it was like an interview with uh, Brian Cranston. They're like, oh, so why, like, you know, why do people, like, root for Walter Ray? He's like, why are people <laughs> rooting for Walter White? He's... He's the bad guy. Like, what, what, and that, that's what's great about it is that they were able to do something like the Joker movie with uh, Joaquin Phoenix where you kind of have this sympathetic villain almost, but then you realize, oh, no, he's the villain. He's the bad guy. He's doing these terrible things. You're like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so when you really got to take a step back and kind of look at a character like that, you realize, oh, it's just because of the writing is really done really well. The acting and just everything came together to kind of create a like obscure story almost. Yeah. Because you don't have too many, like, oh, it's always the hero and then there's the villain. This one is like, oh, the heroes are kind of in there, but they're just kind of either yeah, killed this, off or pushed aside. This, like, turned the trope on its head where all the main characters are kind of bad people. Yeah. And anybody, like, there was a couple times throughout the series that we see where Jesse tries to, like, turn his life around. Mm-hmm. And, like, Walt won't let him. Yeah. And I think that's super dark and super cool. Yeah, you know? to where he's, like, you know, killing off people who are getting close to, to Jesse. They're, they're admittedly, you know, getting him into bad things, but that's just, yeah, it's bad. Oh, he's not like... And even, like, yeah. the good guy, the goodest guy in the series is is Hank, you mm-hmm. know? He's a DEA officer and Walt's brother-in-law, and one of the last episodes is him getting shot by the Mexican cartel and dying on the spot. Yep. No, 
no happy ending, and he's buried in the desert. <laughs> and it's like, sheesh, you know. And, but it's just, it's dark. But yep. that's also what it is. It's it's the villain's story. It's how it's how money corrupted a good family man, mm-hmm. you know. And I just think it's unmatched. And it's, it's ending. It didn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. That was the biggest thing here. It didn't go on for 15 seasons or anything it was five concise seasons that are perfectly done for what they are you got you can't miss any one episode but there's also nothing in there that's extra yeah it, no, nothing is stretched out but also nothing is skipped over i think it's just a very well told story because that's where better call saul falls short is that it tries to take the breaking bad formula of like showing you things in real time yeah and dragging it out as long as you can you're like hey i've been watching this scene for 20 minutes and they haven't done anything at all <laughs> and i we get to the end of the end of the end of the episode. You're like, oh, we didn't even see that character's face the whole time. We were watching their hands for 15 minutes, hmm. and I'm like, man, this is a boring show. I have not. Breaking seen Bad it. did this well, and Better Call Saul, Better Call Saul, <laughs> is overdoing it. Hmm. And so I would not recommend Better Call Saul overly because because okay. Bra- Breaking Bad did it very well, and it's yeah. hard it's hard to compete with it. I heard it kind of like started off well, but then it's kind of like tapered out. But anyway, yeah, I haven't seen any of Better Call Saul yet, all of which have. Both shows have been shot here in New Mexico. That's true. <laughs> so, um, speaking of shows that went on just way too long, The Simpsons. The Simpsons. Family Guy. Um, I think that's it. Though those are those are the two big ones, especially in the animated world, I feel like. Yeah. You know, I mean The Simpsons, as you've said before, The Simpsons has a solid give or take nine years. Yeah. Of just great storytelling, character writing, and just that's when it should have stopped. Mm-hmm. I can't speak to that personally, so I won't. I'll give it over to you. <laughs> because I- <laughs> so, yeah, the I grew up with the earlier Simpsons. I grew up watching them all the time, and, you know, it was, of course, you know, I was younger, so it was just kind of, ah, oh, funny moments, dumb things that are happening. It's a cartoon, so then as I got older, you start paying attention to it a little more, and you start seeing the deeper meaning of things, some of the jokes that are a little more racy or whatever, a little more smart, if you will. <laughs> but, um, I, I definitely will. Yes. <laughs> but then you, you, you see these really heartwarming things. I think the one we've talked about the most is the Maggie one where it, oh. do it for her. And that's a great one. Uh, Homer's mom. Um, well, Homer meets his, his, his long lost brother. Um, oh, man, it's just like season four and five, I think, are some of the best. A lot of the, the Conan O'Brien written episodes, like the monorail one just i can go on i think people yeah. know these already but as i watched more and more i since they're all on disney plus i've been watching them more and more and that you see this gradual kind of decline into just one-off episodes you know uh, just these silly kind of things that keep happening to the characters no more growth and i watched a video on it and the guy I was talking about was like yeah because they had their their whole arc these this family had their whole entire arc told in the nine to ten seasons however many you want and from here on, it's just now just kind of gimmicks. And there's no more growth. There's no more character to be developed. The only thing they could do is just have the kids grow up or whatever it may be. Well, yeah, because, again, and they it literally they coined the term, or people have coined the term because of their show doing it, of um, flanderization. Yeah. Which is taking one um, aspect of a, of a character and stretching it till it becomes their entire personality mm-hmm. based off of Ned Flanders who was originally just a good family man who was also religious and now he's like Mr. Mr. Christian Bible worshipping he has no other personality besides yeah. that but that happened to everybody mm-hmm. you know Homer was really just kind of like a buffoonish dad but he wasn't like 
a complete moron like he is nowadays. Yeah. He was kind of just like a working class father who tried his best, but he was a little a little dumb, a little absent minded. But he wasn't the guy that he is in the current seasons. You know, and yeah. you see that with everybody. One of my favorite I again I know very little of the early ones, but one of my favorite moments is the episode where Bart tries to study real hard for a test oh, yeah, and he still one. fails. And he legitimately breaks down and cries about it to his teacher. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have that out, out of current Bart because current Bart is just pranks and nothing else. And he doesn't care about anybody or anything and everything's just funny and he laughs at it. Yep. But that Bart had like heart. He, he cared about stuff and he, mm-hmm. and he tried because he wanted to try and he actually believed in himself and he let himself down. And we got to watch this happen. And I thought that that's just some great story writing for it ju- just being a cartoon. It's so good. Yeah, and that's where, like, you know, a lot of these, like, things like Family Guy, they wanted to emulate that, and that's how they kind of started out, but then they were just like, nah, we're just going to go full on crazy and these, you know, long-winded jokes that take two minutes to fill up, you know, to kind of what Better Call Saul apparently does, where it just <laughs> goes on forever, and you're like, what? what? And, there's, and the punchline is nothing, and you're like, okay. There was nothing I didn't need to wait for that. You just kind of need to spill. Well, yeah, you guys need to fill space. It kind of felt like Family Guy began as, like, the raunchier Simpsons. Yeah. It was the Simpsons with a little bit more edge to it and a little more crude. It was a little more crude and I think that worked. But then now it's basically just like, what if we string a bunch of cutaway gags together over a thin plot? Yeah. And that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like they, they know how to write one-off jokes and then just string them together by being like, what if what if Peter's just doing this and this and then while he's doing this, he makes a joke about that and, and that's all yeah. that it is. There's not... The, the cutaway jokes used to be little spices that were thrown in on top of genuine plots so that you cared about the people. Mm-hmm. And now it's quite the other way around. They're writing the cutaway jokes, I guarantee it, and then just building plots around, like, how can we string these together? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I mean, so Simpsons tries to, like, also bring stories in about their side characters and all that, and it's like, okay, some of those are fine, but, it, again, it's the same things, and they don't really... And it's like, oh, where's the Simpsons? <laughs> Because all their stories have been told, and you're like, okay, well, I'm. Why do I watch anymore? And there are funny like one-off moments in them where you laugh at it, but you're like, but that I don't really remember it too well. There's one that I've remembered, and that's it from the later episodes. Yeah. And uh, another animated show I think that's gone on too long is SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> uh, this show. Ha- what what I look when I look at this, and I think this is what a lot of people think of SpongeBob. The first three seasons are god-tier animation. They're so good. Yeah. It's hard to find a bad episode in the first three seasons. And then after the first three seasons, they made a movie. And I also think that movie is very good. Mm-hmm. And then after the movie, a lot of the writing staff left. And that is very reflected in the fourth season and beyond. And they're into season like 17 or something nowadays. Like they're, they're up really high. This show came on in, 90, in 1999. Yeah. And I don't think they've been consistent every single year, but or at least in what they call a season. But they've been putting them out fairly regularly since then, and they're not that good. Hmm. And I think that, but those first three seasons especially, I'm not saying there's not funny moments, but it's just like you said. You think of things from the first three seasons of SpongeBob. You think of the Band Geeks episode. Yeah. You think of... The pizza delivery. Pizza delivery. Oh, man, exactly. <laughs> the Fish Hooks episode, or any of the ones where he meets Mermaid Mer- 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 Man and Barnacle Boy, or yeah. he's failing his driving test, and he's got the radio in his head, and, and Patrick's talking to him through it and stuff. <laughs> yeah. These are the incredibly iconic SpongeBob episodes, but, you know... Do you remember the later one where he develops a phobia of Krabby Patties? No, you don't. Because it's not funny. And it doesn't stick with you the same way as the original stuff. 
And so I just think that's another one that was just like, it should have been concise. Yeah. There were some other shows, like Jimmy Neutron was canceled after three seasons, but those three seasons are very good. Yeah. And even though I wish, I heard tell that they were going to have a fourth season that was going to go like a little deeper and like flesh out some relationships and go a little bit more adult with some of the stuff. And I was like, man, what a shame. (laughs) But you know what? I'll take it over it living too long. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know? Yeah, of course. Because, yeah, like, it's just, it's tough to see this show, like The Simpsons that I've been watching since I was younger, just become just this horrible husk of its former self. And it's just kind of like limping along. And it's, <laughs> it's like, just just go down. Just be done. You're it's done. fine. It's, Nobody you know, expects you to keep going. You already yeah. have all these awards for being the longest running show. It doesn't <laughs> mean you have to keep going. You have like, again, you're depending on your opinion of it, 10 solid seasons at least. And, you know, season 10, yeah, it kind of starts to go yeah. a little crazy. But it's still, like, you know, you have that much, which is more than what a lot of shows have. That's longer than Seinfeld was on. Yeah. So, you know. Um, but um, The Good Place, which I, I bring up a lot, but you haven't seen any of it. I have not. <laughs> you know, another show uh, from the from, from the pen of Michael Schur, the guy behind Brooklyn Nine-Nine in The Office and Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it was great. It was only on for four seasons. And they set out with it as an idea for we're going to do this. And then they did it. And then they stopped. They didn't keep it going for twice as long or stretch the plots out. Or here's how you also know shows start, starts going south. If characters start having relatives show up who were never in the show originally. Yeah. And I don't mean something like Homer's dad. Because that's a... Of course, Homer has a dad. Mm -hmm. But it'd be like if in season 25 it was like, did you know Marge has a fourth sister? Yeah. No. Because she doesn't. We would have seen her by now. (laughs) You know? And so you... And that's happened in Spongebob. This happens in a lot of things. But like The Good Place was just they had their characters. They did what they did with them. And it stopped. And I think it was a great show. I cannot recommend it enough to a lot of people. Because it hits on some some heavy spiritual notes but it's also <laughs> funny it's really funny and it handles them very lightly i think oh yeah and i would I, i'd recommend it hmm. personally but yeah it's a show that knew when to stop and i think that's a really important thing it's good to keep a to to, to to keep a good show going is a little hard but to know when to stop a good show is even harder yeah you know at one point jerry seinfeld was making a million dollars per episode for the ninth season of seinfeld and he wanted to stop. He was like, I'm done. Nine seasons is enough. And yeah. they're like, okay, what if we pay you five million per episode to do a ten season? And he was like, it's not about the money. This show is done. Yeah. And it stopped. And I don't think Seinfeld has any bad episodes because it didn't go on for too long. Yep. You know? Maybe a couple of rocky ones at the beginning, but what show doesn't? Yeah. Once it, fa- once, once it found its groove, it was great till the end because they didn't run it on for too long. Yeah, and there's like the characters don't change too much. Yeah. There's a little bit of change, but it's just kind of consistency and... So we like to see because these people are in their what their 30s so you're not going to see them you know doing a whole lot more other than maybe getting real serious relationships but yeah just judging by their characters you know that's probably not going to happen so exactly. it's good <laughs> so it's good in that way but so i think we i touched on this lot one of the times we tried to talk <laughs> um the uh the cw uh superhero shows you haven't seen them um be happy about that i guess <laughs> Because, okay, Arrow season one, two, great. Flash season one and two, great. Um, Supergirl, I didn't really watch any of it. <laughs> so, that's because it started coming out right around the time things started getting bad for the universe. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So, but it also went on too long. The things that it like hinged on the most was their crossovers. They did it once, you know, once Flash started coming into the scene. So, he and Arrow had a crossover. 
and then you know like so they would do an episode of arrow where it flashes there and then they do the next step like the next part of the the series i guess it would be it would be a flash episode with arrow in it so it's kind of like that where you had to kind of like watch both shows to kind of make sure you're caught up on it yeah and then it just started intertwining way too much and then there started being this overwhelming it started becoming very cw Ah. it's very just so much melodrama and you're just like this isn't human drama this isn't real this is just relationship stuff and you're like oh you're lying to me and stop doing this and he's like okay i'll stop i gotta do it again because the city it's like how many times can you do this so it just got kind of to be like this real big headache for me and i was like and then of course flash season three was like oh we're gonna do flashpoint which was a huge story and that changed the dc like universe and then they're like oh this is two episodes and somebody has a daughter when he had a son before or the way around Oof. like oh my gosh and then everybody got real mopey <laughs> so anyway i have a lot of problems with that it's the same kind of problems i have with with titans uh which i will talk about in a later episode real grim one i'm just gonna <laughs> but anyway so yeah that's one i want to just kind of get that off my chest my my problems with that and why i stopped watching them i i think i have season three and four of arrow because they were given to me for like Christmas and stuff. And I was like, oh, well, that's fine. I'm not going to be like, no, I don't want this. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway. Sure. Well, one that we've talked about too, and this is my favorite TV show, is The Office. Yeah. Um, it has, as we all know, solid seven seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Steve Carell leaves. I think that the eighth season is pretty good. I think it's still worse than the other seven, but I think yeah. it's pretty good because of what they did with it. And then the ninth season butchers all of the characters. Then the ninth season turns Jim and Pam kind of against each other and characters. And already there was this slow flanderization of other characters. Kevin wasn't like a complete moron in the earlier episodes. He's an accountant. He's not supposed to not be able to count and like act like a, like a, like a a toddler and making up numbers. He's just kind of slow, but he's not a moron. We see him in those early ones where he's like a gambling genius. (laughs) So, you know, there's like, there's so these these minor characters change, and then if that wasn't bad enough, the Jim and Pam thing is so upsetting. Yeah. But so season nine decimates everybody, as including Andy. Andy, Andy was, gets it the worst. Andy gets it the worst. <laughs> I don't know if that was just the writers angry with Ed Helms that he was leaving to go film The Hangover or what. But he, all he, Andy spends all of season nine being the worst version of himself that we've ever seen because he's great in season eight. Yeah, I've heard some people lump season eight and nine Andy together, and I don't, I don't think that's fair. No, I think season eight Andy is a fair evolution of the previous seasons. He's the Andy we wanted from like you know yeah. his arc. This that's is the Andy we wanted. This is mildly clueless Andy being given the managerial position, and I think it makes sense. Yep, Andy of season nine though is a jerk. He's and terrible. He was, and he was never a mean guy in the original ones. He has anger management stuff, but he's not a jerky guy to people. He tries. Yeah. In fact, he has the anger management because he tries to please too many people. He's too nice of a guy to people. <laughs> he, he's a kiss up. You yeah. Know? And I, that's its own problem, but it doesn't make him a jerk. Yeah. He's kind of like skeevy and like he's trying to like scheme and do stuff, but that gets redeemed. And it's also like you said, he's just trying way too hard for things. So it, it's really, yeah, it's just. But, they spent the ninth season doing really bad, but then they stick the finale with a very good ending. Yeah. The finale of The Office is one of the better TV show finales, I mm-hmm. would say. They they ended it so well. So it all, it like tricks you into thinking that the whole show has been good, but the reality <laughs> is that a lot of season nine is a little hard to watch. Yeah. But but if you can get through it, it's, but the, it's but, worth but, it. But, but the finale is so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those shows that like... <laughs> but I do the thing about Kevin too was it's kind of funny too, like in a, like a conversation, one-off conversation that... 
uh, Michael's having with Aaron. He's like, you know what? When Kevin applied, he was applying for the warehouse. I just had a feeling about him. So he put him <laughs> in accounting. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. <laughs> I forgot about that. But but I mean, yeah, but making him completely just moronic is is bad. So and so yes, yeah. a show that's a show that I don't know if it was fair to say that it was on for too long. Because I think it was just behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. After season eight, on top of everything that was already happening, I think something that was keeping things grounded that changed was that BJ Novak and Mindy Kaling, a.k.a. Ryan and Kelly on the show, yeah. were two of the head writers, and they left after season eight. Mm-hmm. And so season nine had either new writers or at least just a lack of, ex- of writers who had already been there. Yeah. And that was part of what changed things. You know, They clearly knew how to write Andy. They did mm-hmm. it fine for season eight. And then season nine comes along, and they do not write Andy properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those kind of anomaly shows where you're like, this is great, this is amazing, one bad season. Oh, okay, but this finale is is good. So yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, I've heard a lot of people just kind of that is the one season that most yeah. A lot of people do lump in season eight and nine because that's just the definitive point of when oh that's when Michael left. So that's when it got bad, and it's like eh, it really depends. I, yeah, I, there's, I really there's a like definite it. drop in quality, and I get it if people are just like Michael was admittedly the star of the show, and, yeah. he's the, and he was the main character. He was a lot of the heart, and and he's he's such a good character. He's one of the best t- TV show characters, I would say. But him leaving didn't destroy the show. It was the stuff that came afterwards. It was, yeah. you know. But you see, even through that, you see some very natural character progression in the office. I think that it's just such a good show. Otherwise, that it's like it's hard to not think of it as being a good show anyway yeah so anyway <laughs> um yeah that's been our tv talk hopefully everything is fine with this one when i can go back and listen to it yeah and we can put this out for the whole world to hear finally 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 and um uh, starting off the new year finally for us on uh, the jordan j and buddies podcast in february I said that correctly. I was afraid I was going to say February. February. <laughs> but yeah, so happy uh happy Chinese New Year. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're in time for. And uh, <laughs> and Valentine's Day or as I know it my brother's birthday cuz it's the only reason I've ever had to celebrate it. Or like I call Valentine's Day uh nothing. <laughs> yeah. So it's fine. It's <laughs> It's the 14th of February. Yes. Anyway, another day at work, pal. <laughs> so or like I call it, the day before it's a uh, it's cheap 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 candy eve. Because uh, on February fifteenth, all that stuff goes on sale. Yeah, and you can buy heart <laughs> giant giant heart shaped boxes of chocolate that are full of uh, orange cream for no reason Ugh. for half off. <laughs> but hey, it's half off candy, so yeah. <laughs> and then you're just kind of going like, hey, why is it heart shaped? <laughs> half off. Oh well. <laughs> and why am I sobbing while I eat it? <laughs> oh well, it's fine. It's dark chocolate full of uh, strawberry cream. Anyway, yeah, anyway, think I'm making this stuff up. Go, go and buy one of those Russell Stover heart boxes. <laughs> you'll see. You'll see. I'm telling the absolute truth, buddies. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we'll have this. We have a lot more in, in store for the podcast. Oh yeah. So stick around. Thank you again for listening. Um, you know, throughout the years, uh, August 9th, 16th, one sometime in August. I gotta look it up again. That's when our anniversary is. Ooh. Two years, or one year, two years. One year. <laughs> one year. We're at in 2020. One year. Yeah. My gosh. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll, maybe we'll, it's in August, but still I'm thinking about 
we can do something yeah, we'll a little bit bigger. But anyway, we'll keep stuff going. Um, yeah, of course you can follow the podcast uh, on Instagram at Jordan J and Buddies. You can find us at pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Two big ones are like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So of course we're on there. And uh, Will, um, I still have nothing to plug. <laughs> And I got to start getting some jokes ready for this segment because I really don't have anything ready right now. Nothing about just... going on too long. <laughs> no, no. no, nothing about going on too long. Though, as Jake Peralta would say, "Title of your sex tape." And uh, I've been Will, so thank you. <laughs> we'll start the outro. That was the outro. This is still the outro. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. Good outro. Okay. Watch Brooklyn Nine Nine. That was the outro. <laughs> <laughs>